Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! All right, I got some big news. Big news. Our good friends at Budget Blinds. They're good folks. Reason to celebrate. What are we celebrating? 20 years in business in Lee Summit. Has everybody been in business now for 20 years? I, I feel like it. I feel, you know, like our, it's our like big 2002. sponsor partners are, all, are both celebrating 20 years service in this community. It's well, pretty exciting. Here, let's let's make it let's make it patriotic. They rose from the ashes of 9/11 to open in 2002 <laughs> and they have served our community well this whole time. But congratulations to Budget Blinds on their achievement. Look, Jason, we've talked about it a lot. Not only are they our robot shade overlords, not only do they provide all of the window treatments and interior design stuff that you need to make your home the best home it can be, they're good folk and they do a lot of things to support our community. So we should all do our, our little bit and go support them. Go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit as they celebrate 20 years of business. 20 years. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. And then speaking of 20 years, it's also the 20th anniversary for Ask Kathy. Congratulations, Kathy. Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty. Jason, 20 years, over 2,300 families helped. They're consistently among the top tier of realtors everywhere. Five-star service. We just can't say enough. You can't say enough. And look, the market is still going. Like, And it's not going to do this forever. So like, if you are in the market to sell your home, Kathy is a person that you can go talk to right now. And I'm going to stay uh, with our theme of not only are they a great business in our community, they're doing really good things. Throughout this year while they're celebrating – they're giving money away. They are donating money and time to several local charities all throughout their celebration. So good people, good business, doing good in our community. What else could we want from a sponsor for our podcast? Nothing. Just tell them Jason Nick sent you. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury. And as always, I'm joined by a man who expects the world to conform to his schedule. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You say that like it's a bad thing. Well, I mean, it's an inconvenient thing for those of us who, like, you know, have our own lives. <laughs> you don't have a life. No. I, not, as, <laughs> as shown by the fact that here we are two days early recording this podcast and I had time to do it. We are, do, we are doing things a little differently. Yeah, we're doing things a little differently. We'll get into that here in just a second. Link to Lee Summit remains the source for all the news you need about our very fine city. And our sponsor, unofficial sponsor today is Iced Coffee Drinks. Because it's like 100 Yummy. degrees outside and you need caffeine and cold. A little, little cool down. A little cool down. So Jason, I'll hail those. Jason, as we get going, let's do a couple, a uh, few news and notes. Things happening around the community. Just a reminder. Uh, we talked about this last week. It was in our, our Monday News Link newsletter that came out. Lee Summit Social Services is seeking monetary donations as well as school supplies for the annual back-to-school sale, which starts next month. You can see link to LeeSummit.com for more details. Absolutely. And it, look, here's the thing. If you continue to donate and give money and the supplies that are needed, you're going to keep the executive director of Lee Summit Social Services muzzled as he should be because he'll be too busy <laughs> handing out all the stuff we deal with. Then he can be to come on and ask you for more stuff from there. So that's the reason and on, why. And on Most top of that, that, give to social services. On top of that. People who need supplies, get the supplies. That's it. Look, if you're going to bring like the real reason into the whole process, I, I guess 
but honestly, it's really... It's, hey, what's happening this weekend? Let's keep it quiet. There's all kinds of stuff. It is the fourth Friday, and it is the summertime, so I believe that means that the fourth Friday Art Walk is scheduled for Downtown Lee Summit. Starts at 5 o'clock, also in Downtown Lee Summit, starting at 6.30, the music in the park. It's Alex Sons t- on Friday night, 6.30 at Howard Station Park. And if you're in Downtown Lee Summit at an appropriate time, you can just like get on the train and go to St. Louis more than you could a week ago. Well, look, hey... Pro tip, Amtrak, great alternative to go visit some cool places around Missouri. It's kind of inexpensive, too. We're all looking to save a little bit of money right now. So Amtrak has opened up their second daily train. Reopened, I guess I should say. It used to be two. Then they dropped one. Now the second train is back, so you can do that. Jason, you also have a good bit of advice for everybody. Yes. So I know we we, we touched base on this uh I don't know, a month ago, somewhere in the in the past, and what time has no meaning. But like it's we had redistricting. Uh came into effect in twenty twenty two at the state and federal level. So and local levels. Where you live may be in a different House district or Senate district or US Congress district than it was, or city council district for that matter, than it was a uh, uh, last year when you voted in like city council elections or any of those other things that are going on. So what I'm telling you to do is go to the Jackson County Election Board's website. That's jcebmo.org.org, and check you. You can input your basic. It's like your name and your uh, your birth date, and they they'll run your voter registration, and they will tell you in the process what districts you are now in, as well as, and this is the most important part, where your new polling place will be for the August second primary election that will be coming up. And I know that it's a, you know, there's a, I I looked at the ballot. It's full. There are, first of all, there are a lot of candidates running in these primaries. If you know 65 people in your life that live in Jackson County, chances are 62 of them are running for county legislature. Yeah. Or for the, for the U S Senate, for that matter, the U S Senate, there's, there's just a ton of people running for a lot of these races. Um, we're we're going to touch a little bit on probably the county board and some of the other races around going on because they've got a little bit of local interest this year. But as a whole, what you don't want to do is blindly assume that you're going to vote in the same place you voted the last time you voted, because if you do that, you're likely to be wrong. And so go check that. Find out where your new polling place is so that you can plan accordingly. It, it, it's a good idea to confirm your registration and, and confirm where your polling place is, because if you're like me, if you live in the voting district, I do. I haven't voted in the same place consecutively since 2017, 18. Good, good thing to know. Yeah, it's a good thing. And then mine's moved a couple times over the years, and it has moved again because I checked because I got my new voter card, like my new voter registration card in the mail, but it didn't have a polling place on it. So I'm like, oh, boy, elections in a couple of weeks. Better pay attention. So I went and looked, and I suggest you all do the same so you can go vote and make a difference. I'm going to use the election as the segue here, Jason, because I think... Fair. Well, we alluded to this earlier. We alluded to to why we were dropping early. We usually drop our podcasts on Mondays and Wednesdays. We're going a day early because we wanted to preview a thing at City Council happening tonight, 6 o'clock tonight, in City Hall. Oh, let's be honest. You're going out of town, so that's why we're doing it a day early. <laughs> All right. A little of both. A little of both. Both things can be true. That's true. But, I, Jason, this is, I think, really since our, our fall election. Spring election, sorry. Well, as you said earlier, time doesn't mean as much anymore as, as since our spring election. This is really, I think, the first really kind of big thing to pique 
my, my little radar of, of, okay, something that we really need to pay attention to and talk to. And that's it. Tonight's meeting, there's going to be a presentation from, from a study. This is a housing study. This is a study looking at demand and supply for multifamily. Oh, you've just said housing study and multifamily. Housing study and multifamily. The, the pitchforks are out. Here they come. <laughs> this was like, this was most recently done in 2017. A new one's coming out. And, and, and it's just, this is one of those things really as we're looking to what the future growth of our community is, this is going to play a big role. And we keep talking about all of this land that's going to come available in the coming years. And how do we see the community growing? What is, you know, this council body's vision for, for the future of growth? So, Jason, what we really want to do right now is just let's take a little bit of a look at the, at the presentation that's coming. And you can, if you want to get a preview, you can go to the City of Lee Summit's website and you can look at the council agenda and go look at that yourself. But let's, like, take a little bit of a look at, at what the presentation is going to be. And then I think to set up not only the meeting on Tuesday night, but also maybe to set up some future episodes of our podcast, we're going to try to try to go talk to some people about this. But let's set, let's lay out some questions. What are some things we think need to be answered, or that we think needs to be addressed? But we'll start off, Jason. Kind of put your put your professorial professorial hat back on. I believe the word you're looking for is nerd hat. <laughs> nerd. Well, I try to be nice this time. Fair enough. Put that hat back on, and let's just take a get a brief description of what this study is. Okay. So, uh, and then Nick and I have talked. You know, we talked a ton over the years about this 2017 study and, and, and a lot of the resistances and what have you that are that have gone through that process. I mean, so we said, like, the study said in 2017 that given what was already built, had been approved or in under construction or had been approved and was in the pipeline, there was a need for 2,000 and like more than 2,100 or 2,200 additional units of housing, multifamily housing that would be demanded by the market in the intervening years. And so what the city, the staff and city council have brought in is they asked for, okay, well, let's look at a five. And that was through 2027. And, and they said, well, let's take a five-year look. We built a bunch of housing units. And, and to be fair to the city, I mean, to be clear, they built, I think it's something like 1,600. 1,600 units. About 1,600 units of housing have been built in the intervening five years. So there has been, as has been noted and objected to and argued about and talked about in a great quantity, a lot of housing units built in the city during those five years, these last five years. So they took a look and said, all right, well, what's the next, you know, let's kick that, we've, we've halfway into our 10 years, let's look at the next, this next 10 year cycle. So kicking it out an additional five years on look. And sure enough, um, we could bore you with all of the little bits and details, but they're anticipating that the city's population will grow and you know, over the next 10 years by about 10,000 people, a little bit less than 10,000 people. And of that, there's going to be a segment of that population that is going something like 20% of that's going to want multifamily housing to, to live in as a thing. And there's lots and lots of reasons for that and what have you. But the net of the, the study, and I'm going to put that out there and then we can kind of break down maybe a couple of the pieces, is that there is, given what we have currently, con- that what is built, what is under construction and what has been approved, there is still kicking out for those 10 years, about 1,950 units short where the demand is greater than the supply, anticipated supply, which assuming that all the stuff that's in the approval stage, but not under construction gets built, which is 
not a realistic assumption, but let's go with it. Um, there's still a, a, like a demand in the marketplace for another 2,000 units over the course of that 10 years to meet this growing demand for this kind of housing in the community. Yeah, I think it's important to note another part, part of that study, Jason says, too, that that's not all incoming residents, that demand, that, that, that a, a percentage of that is also they're, they're expecting to be current single-family owners transitioning Right into to to rentals. So, so that's like twenty percent of the demand is going to be from yeah people who who own property now or will own it at the time and sell it and move into becoming a renter in a multifamily development. Right, right, and I think it's I think it's important to 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 note those those kind of things, Jason. Really, I, I think the biggest thing for me, and, and I want to see if your reaction is, is 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 the same. This study is very similar to what. What, what's in it is very similar to what was in 2017, except for maybe the demand might be greater. I don't know. Well, it certainly is. It hasn't slowed down. Like we didn't meet a number. I mean, we, I don't think we met the number that was requested in the first place, but um, that was the request in the first place. But like even with the building we have and we did like a, there has been a lot of units built and there was a lot of call for that sort of stuff going through the process. But that even that being the case, the city is growing. And with that, the people who want to live in this city but would prefer to live in multifamily housing has grown and will continue to grow along with it. Okay, without without totally diving in and just reading to everybody all, all the results. Here's what we know. This study's come out before. It's kind of re- reciprocating the same results. Well, actually, I want to I want to I want to put one more piece on that before <laughs> before we get into the the sort of like, what are we looking for and what can you do to make a difference is some of the assumptions behind this have changed a little bit. Now they used a different income model. And I think this is in response to community concerns that have been expressed as well as council member concerns that have been expressed over the years that are we giving the type of housing that we want? So in the 2017 study, they assumed a minimum sort of qualifying income for an apartment to be about $35,000 a year. And in this one, their minimum qualifying income is 60,000. So they are taking a much tighter look at a smaller segment of the rental market um, in that process, as well as making some more conservative, I think, projections. And they say this in there, some more conservative projections about population growth and, and rental demand growth and those sorts of things in there to try to do that. So even with all of that, this is the numbers that we've come out there. So I think that the the staff or the the consultant's report is very specifically responding to concerns expressed by the council and the community. What what was that projected population growth during this time? Uh, about ten percent um, over the next ten years. <clears throat> okay, so now what I what I what I want to do is I want to just lay out. So as we look at this, Jason, you know, you said this just a little bit ago. The previous council bodies and some of those same council members are still sitting on the dais have, have been hesitant to back additional growth or large additional growth uh, of, of multifamily. And we've heard that from a, a pretty vocal section of the community as well. So as we look at this study, what are some things that basically we want to, what do we want to hear addressed? What do we think the people need to hear from, from our elected officials as, as we learn their vision for what the future is? So I think that there's some there's a number of things that we want to look at. And it's like this is the first like sort of bite at this that we'll get a public response from the council members and what have you. And I think that there's an incumbency on the council members to sort of actually say something like individually about where they feel like where they feel on this project. 
and are on this on this report and what it means and what it implies for the future economic development and housing development in the city. And so, you know, as you noted, there are several of the council members that are uh, that were opposed to and have been opposed to in general um, multifamily housing projects, especially those near any single family developments in the community. And I think it's incumbent on them to th- those, and, and honestly, a lot of those same council members are going to give you all these very market-based reasons for doing this, that, or the other. And what we need to hear from them is, you know, does this impact the way they think about this? Does it impact how they want to address those, where those sorts of things? And then also, I think they, you know, we had, we are just a year, or two years out from doing a brand new master planning process which had some very clear things to state about housing and development in the city and what it should be and how it should be. And then it's like, how does their vision dovetail with the master plan, the community vision that we put forth in that whole thing. So it's important, I think, to get on the record for those sorts of things because it will set the stage for a lot. It will set the stage for, you know, what development might look like. Because look, if the market will bear it, like if, you know, if if a developer for a multifamily project thinks that they can make a bunch of money by building apartment complexes in Lee Summit, they're going to come and want to build apartment complexes in Lee Summit. Well, and I think, I think what, I, what I really want to hear, too, is, is I want to hear a discussion from, from our council members that show an acknowledgement of, of the future, because all of them in their election campaigns, all of them in, these, in, in several other conversations from the dais include conversations about future land that's going to be available, right? So future growth. And I think if you look at if you look at all the conversations about additional multifamily in, in previous years, the hesitancy has mostly come from new multifamily being developed immediately adjacent to existing single family. Near me. Right. <laughs> right. And so a lot of the land that people are talking about becoming available for this community is not near or directly adjacent to existing single family, right? So what are they looking to do? They do these council members see, see it as a possibility for that land. Could it, could it come to our community in that way? And what's the appropriate mix as they look to the future? I mean, this is thousands of acres, right, Jason, thousands of acres that are going to become available. So what kind of mix of development do they want to see for the community? What's really going to work as far as, multifamily versus single family, or even all residential versus commercial. What are those things that they look at as they, as they try to create the vision for the future? Right. And I think that that's something out there. And I think that there is, you know, like if they, there is a wide range of opinions and they can be opinions that I agree with or opinions that I disagree with from, you know, build it all to no, no multifamily period, full stop. Right. That's a, that's the whole spectrum. Right. But what we're looking for is where wherever they are on that spectrum. Why? Tell us why. Tell us why. Put it out there for the people. And then tell us what are we going to do with that? You know, how is that going to impact the community? And what is that? Is that an okay impact from you? So that's that. We want to so want to set the table. The, nothing is decided. There isn't 1,949 units of <laughs> this is multifamily just a projects that are coming forth to like land on the table, unless you include like Discovery Park and they're not even that big of that. But so, I mean, there's, there's just, there isn't like, there aren't actual apartments. These are all theoretical developments in the future that will be requested for people who want to live here, but want to live in a multifamily development. So what is, yeah, like I want to hear conversation from the dais on Tuesday 
to say, this is the kind of thing we want to see, or this is where I see it go, or this is like, okay, fine, but it needs to look like X. And then we can further that conversation along. Um, And then, you know, you and I, I think we're going to take some of that and we're going to see, we've wrestled for years with trying to figure out how to, how to tackle this subject in a in sort of a, I don't want to call it academic, but in a well, professional in a, way in to a get useful that. way. Right. So, it, so that it helps people understand and helps people voice their thoughts and their opinions to those elected officials so right. that they can have a role in, in the government. Right. So we're going to, we're going to attempt to tackle that talking just like sort of a multi view angle at it. Maybe somebody from the city, somebody from the development community, you know, maybe somebody on city council or the mayor or somebody to come in and kind of talk through some of their viewpoints and how these sorts of bits and pieces come together so that we can um, have like, so we can see all the different angles and then um, hopefully that will help inform people to be able to address these with more than, and, and I, I'm going to say this with, you know, 10 years of planning commission experience, almost all of the objections that I got, I got from residents in the community to multifamily projects or different housing projects has been, I don't want it there near me, right? They think, oh, well, we need apartments, but they need to be, and they wave their hands sort of ineffectively, like not there is the, is the short answer. And that's, and that's understandable because those are the ones that people care about the most. But what we'd like to see is that people take a slightly larger viewpoint of that in addition to, cause you could still, well, and that's why we, that's why we elect these people, right? We right. elect them to have a broader perspective than we do because we're going to notice the things that are our backyard. Right. And, and so that's the conversation that we, we want to deal with that. And so we hope, I'm hoping that we can get a little bit of information. And so then as these projects actually start to come up and believe you, me, when the development community sees that there's demand for an additional 2000 units of multifamily, in addition to what's already in the pipeline, somebody's going to come and attempt to meet portions of that demand. Somebody's going to see dollar signs. Right. And so that's coming. And so we need to be prepared as a community. And the council needs to be prepared as elected officials to be able to have the conversation in a in a reasonable and smart way. Okay, let's sum it up, Jason. We kind of laid a lot of that out. We, we, we talked about some of the questions and, and topics that we would like addressed. Let's sum it up for the people. What can, what do we encourage listeners, residents of the community to do? I think the first thing is, you know, take a look at, I'm not going to tell you to read the report, but take a look at the report so you can see kind of what it's saying about population growth, demographic shifts. And this doesn't even really dig into a lot of the, the little minutia details about like, you know, Gen Z versus boomers versus, you know, empty nester, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't even really get into all of that sort of stuff. It just says we're going to have a whole bunch more people. A percentage of them are going to want to live in a multifamily process. And to do that, we need to build more. That's like the, it's the barest bones capacity for that. But like, look through that, see what those issues are. So that you can have like independent or, you know, sort of unmoder or like, I guess, I don't even know what the right word, neutral information with which to inform your opinions. And you can say, I understand that, but I still don't want it. But then you can at least then you have different places to come from to say, okay, what is it about that that I don't want? Like, is it, you know, is it a location thing? Is it a, I don't want that many renters in the city, you know, or we don't want to be, we want to remain to use a 
somewhat pejorative term, a bedroom community as opposed to something a little bit more sort of self-sustaining as a city. Those are all fine stances. but Those like, are all great questions to have as we look to the future. Right. And so then you can put that process forward. And then I think as the, as the developments come along, it's like as we, because there will be more requests to build new multifamily projects in the city at the very minimum like this study does not include the apartments proposed in the the, the theoretical discovery park that's going to you know that the, the projects along colburn road between douglas and 350 it doesn't include those in this so at a very minimum those apartments are coming um probably in the next several years but there's going to be more on top of that as well and we need to figure out in that process, like what does that mean and how to address those is what have you. And then you can come in as a community where it's not just because it's being built near you that you pay attention, but because it's being built in the city and you might have an opinion on that that you want to share. Right. So so start with, go to the city website, take a look. Take a look at, at, that, at that study presentation. Like I know I can ask and say, hey, people, you should go to the council meeting, you should watch, but look, it's July 22nd or... No, it's not. It's July, July 19th. 19th. <laughs> already on vacation. I'm, I'm struggling with dates. It's July 19th. It's really freaking hot. It's probably not good for your mental health to go sit through the city council. I get it. Very few people are going to do that. But when the video goes up online on the city site, take a moment. You can fast forward through the rest of it. You can get to this section. Take a listen. Take a listen to, to not only the presentation, but take a listen to the mayor and the city council members and their conversations and questions and statements about that right and then you will be as, as jason as you just said then you can start working on forming kind of your thoughts and your questions so that when projects do start to come before planning commission before the city council whether when there are public hearings then you can take that opportunity to participate and make your voice heard right and if you hear if your council member doesn't say anything during the course of that meeting you can maybe send them an email or a phone call that and is say the, hey that is the best something? time to chirp up actually say hey you represent me i want to hear your voice right so we can you can ask that as well so yes that's those are the things you can do now and then i think we we will stay with this as we go along and we'll talk about some of the development stuff and and hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit broader picture for you over the course of like the next couple of months and then as some of these big proposals start to come like the discovery park proposal and whatever else is coming down the pike we'll be able to 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 reference back to this and everybody will have a good base of information to engage not only the developer but the city council on the project all right well jason as usual we we told ourselves we were going to make this a lot shorter than it actually was but you know we have trouble with that stay on brand <laughs> look i'm taking the family out of town for the week so look it's it's Fourth Friday Art Walk in downtown. It's music in the park. Jason, everybody else, go go, go hit that down for me. Have fun, man. Go and go enjoy the local stuff. Find some water. While I'm away. Find some water and get in. It's hot this week. I am going to do that. That's going to wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time.